Blessed day, my brothers and sisters. Welcome back. As we continue our journey through the book of John, chapter 1, verse 30 to 32. This is he who whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. As we continue with the previous narrative, within the second day, after the Baptist has spoken with the Jewish delegation from Jerusalem, we see how he now reveals, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. Linking the earlier narrative in verse 27, which retrospectively accomplished his proclamation. This proclamation is unique to the Gospel in verses, in verses 15, 17, and 30. Never in its retrospective setting, and we can only conjecture what that setting may have been. In verse 15, he testifies that Jesus was before me, something none of the hearers in Bethany beyond Jordan would have understood but something the readers of the Gospel today would have because of the opening verses in chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. After presenting Jesus as the Lamb of God, he now further identifies him as a man. Hence, this is the truth that is part of John's witnessing as he calls Jesus as the Messiah, the promise and the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. That testimony and witness are further compounded by the reality of the Messiah in human form. God in human form. Kenneth Gangle in his book John, Volume 4 of the Holman New Testament Commentaries writes, John chapter 1 verse 30 is a restatement of John 1.15, emphasizing again that John the Baptist's claim of the priority of Christ John admitted that he did not know his own cousin was the Messiah until Jesus' baptism in the desert. The baptism of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, verse 13 to 17, Mark, chapter 1, verse 9 to 11, and Luke, chapter 3, verse 21 to 22, took place before this announcement of John, chapter 1, verse 32. The purpose of his baptism, according to Jesus himself, was to fulfill all righteousness, to demonstrate his consecration to the Heavenly Father and approval by the Father himself. God had given John a direct revelation, telling him that when he saw the dove come down during baptism, he would know the Son of God. Marcus Dodds, in his book, The Gospel of St. John, treats the union of the Son and Spirit in the charming language of the earlier day. Why was the Spirit needed in the personality of which the Word, who had been with God and known God, was the basis? 
because the humanity of Christ was a true humanity. Being human, he must be indebted to the Spirit for all impartation to his human nature of what is divine. The knowledge of God which the Word possesses by experience must be humanly apprehended before it can be communicated to men. And this human apprehension can only be arrived at in the case of Christ by the enlightenment of the Spirit. By the Spirit he was enlightened to speak of divine things, and this Spirit interposed, as it were, between the Word and the human nature of Jesus, was a little cumbrous in its operation or perceptible in consciousness as our breath interposed between thinking between the thinking mind and the words we speak declare to declare our mind these verses not only provide a sublimation of the earlier verse offering the truth in the evidence revealed as the baptist spoke as the voice calling the wilderness bore witness to the jews and the revelation as he saw Jesus approaching from afar. Kenneth Gangle in his book John, Volume 4, provides an eloquent summary. John, the Gospel writer, continues chapter 1 in high drama. The first people who saw Jesus as the Messiah observed him not as a monarchical splendor, but as a lamb. John the Baptist tells us this lamb came to take away the sin of the world, that he first revealed himself to Israel, and that he is the Son of God. It would be easy to speak in lofty theological language of Old Testament themes. Nevertheless, John wanted no misunderstanding among his hearers, either disciples or religious leaders. So he reaffirmed what he knew. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. Therefore, Christians today live in a period where all that has been prophesied has been fulfilled. The consistency of the narrative recorded prior to the moment John the Baptist bore witness has been consistent and logical, without any divergence or excuse from the narrative. Jesus has come, and all that had been foretold had been relevant and truthful. God has kept his promise. Many people have sought to disapprove the historical evidence of the existence of Christ and find comfort in finding inconsequential and irrelevant inconsistencies in the Old Testament. However, they forget that many attempts have been made, and Scripture has stood the test of time in every attempt to disapprove it. Even within this particular time frame of John the Baptist and his ministry, preparing the way of the Christ, Many did not believe in realizing the events being foretold and proclaimed by the Baptists were actually unfolding before them. Has humanity changed from the time of the Baptists? 
Unfortunately, I fear not. As many today consistently seek their own prognosis of the truth. However, this approach cannot be argued if the speaker is willing to set aside his presuppositions and allow the truth to be revealed. We do it all the time when we are learning something new. For example, when you buy the latest new high-tech artificial intelligence computer, which requires a specific manner to operate it, how many of us expect to be able to use it when we have no idea what the truth is revealed in its operation? Are we willing to simply do whatever we presuppose from our presupposed expertise based on an old system? Obviously not, and we would try eagerly to find all that is needed to know how to operate this latest gadget. If we seek the truth of the greatest question in our purpose, existence and destiny, why do we presuppose the answer before seeking it? Unfortunately, that is the weakest attribute of every person today. We all want something, and whatever we seek must fit our own mold. We will never find the truth until we have set outside our own selves and empty ourselves of the needs of our own needs and our own desires. Only then, when we have cleansed our house, can the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us reveal the truth to you. Seek the truth, but set aside our subjective desires for what the truth really is. Only then will the truth be revealed and its indwelling within us reveal the essence of who God is. Thank you, brothers and sisters. God bless.